So, Brian, we have officially had more podcasts than my years on Earth, which oddly is double my mental age. Wait, does your hair know that? Dude, my hair completely retired. It, it's all, <laughs> it is moving south <laughs> fast. Let's talk about sports. Hello and welcome to the Lone Star Sports Daily Mediocre at Best Podcast. This is a celebration episode, episode number 50. Not necessarily sure I'm calling it that because I can't actually do math. My name is Corey Hogue. I'm a freelance sports writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Times Record News. Find me on Twitter at Corey Hogue Sports. Joined by Brian Schroll, currently employed by NBC Sports. Find Brian on Twitter at Brian Schroll and uh, Brian. We have a special guest this week, and he's joining us for the whole show because apparently he likes this kind of mediocrity that we do. And when I invited him on, I had to look back. I thought he was. This man was the first guest ever on our podcast, bringing in Curtis Quillen from the Six News Central Texas Sports Director, KCEN. How you doing, Curtis? I'm living the dream, man. I didn't realize that you were that desperate for guests that you asked me on for the first time and. What was it? Three years ago? It's been two. It's been years. It was just over two years that oh, we've man. had that we've been going on this. It seems crazy. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> yeah, it is. Brian, how are you doing? Have you recovered yet from your uh, Cowboys excursion on Sunday? I ate too much food. I <laughs> buffets or just free food spreads. Um, they treat me right in the moment, and then I regret it for the next couple of days. So. Uh, it's Wednesday now, so yeah, I think I have about recovered. That, that's, life always, in the, that's life in a press box, man. You eat, and then you go, oh, I shouldn't have that. <laughs> I make sure I show up hungry to a Cowboys game because I know Jerry's got some good stuff. <laughs> you know, the one time I actually covered a game at Cowboys Stadium was a high school state semifinal game, and uh, we had to pay for food. So I really envy you. Yes, the only thing Jerry gives you food for is the Cowboys. Cotton Bowl, they have they they have two there for the bowl games, but high school does not get food or water at Jerry Stadiums. Yeah. I haven't you covered think- a high school game in there in two years, and I forgot all of this, and it angers me now. <laughs> I for I forgot about those $35 a day expense reports because from, from just hitting the the concession stand twice. Yeah, just just for <laughs> yeah. food. Just twice. Oh, yeah, you should have seen Tepper's face when he found out the food was free at the Cowboys games. <laughs> I imagine his expense reports at $35 a day for four days. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and that's before Boomer Jacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <clears throat> so for the 50th episode, I decided our food question this week would be your favorite cake. I, I, I don't care. I don't care if it's chocolate. Or vanilla, guys. But if you're going to have buttercream, you're going to have any icing. It better be buttercream. And you better use real butter. That's why they call it buttercream. Is that why they call it window pane also? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be real butter. Um, so me and my fiance have a it's not a tradition, but uh, we have a show we like to to just throw on at any time. And that's the Great British Baking Show. So I've seen some good cakes. Uh, and 
there's great cakes out there. Our favorite right now is actually a cake from Market Street in Wichita Falls. I think it's called like Chantilly or Chantilly cake or I don't know, something. So good. We're having it for our wedding. Uh, It's incredible. But real buttercream. I'll make sure I'm there. Sounds good. (laughs) No, uh, we have. uh, Honestly, I've never met it. This is going to make me sound uh, like pre weight loss me. I've never met a cake I didn't like, to be fair. Um, I love buttercream icing, though. Elite icing just it's like it feels like empty calories. And if I'm going to eat cake, I want it to count, man. I really like it, though, when like the white cake with uh, like fruit in the middle. I think that's what we're going to wind up having at our wedding. Uh, there's a shop in San Antonio near where my mom teaches that has really good stuff. Lucy's Cakes in uh, in San Antonio. Shouts if you're listening. Um, the it, It's it, it's awesome. Big fan. Yeah, look, when it comes to cakes, I, I'll eat any cake at any time. And in fact, one of the things, I, for some reason, Cowboys Stadium for the media always has something red velvet every week. I don't know if it's like a theme, but it's been red velvet chocolate chip cookies. This last week was red velvet cake balls covered it covered in chocolate. It was so good. Do you need help uh, next week or? Yeah. <laughs> they let anyone up there? Well, they let me up there, and that's a mistake. They found that out real quick. They they have only put one person beside me twice this year. The rest of them, they're like, yeah, we got to move him a few seats away from this guy. They're probably regretting uh, how much they're having to spend on just your food cost alone. Um, I might I might eat less than some of the rest of them, man. You, you turn around, some of them are always eating. I was going to say, NFL sports writers, man, those dudes know how to eat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do. Then they eat well. Hey, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast and rate it while you're there. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, new episodes are coming to a close here soon after playoffs end, but as long as we have a team in the playoffs, we will continue to record. Speaking of playoffs, guys, we complain about the NCAA. We complain about the NCAA rightfully, and they always do – It doesn't matter if the NCAA has a playoff format or a college football playoff committee or whatever. They're going to find a way to screw it up. For example, there's no automatic bids in FBS. There's automatic bids in FCS, but not in D2, but there is in D3. And and what ends up happening is in each of these divisions, Texas got screwed somehow so far in two of them. Because so stupid. uh, it is so bad. Mary Harden Baylor, they got they won the American Southwest Conference. They got the automatic bid. Trinity, they won the Southern Athletic Association. Congrats to the Tigers. They've had a great season and they got an automatic bid. But that's it. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute. Angelo State, meanwhile, got a spot. They were number two. Look, they earned it. They have been playing so well. They are dominating teams. They've won their last five in a row, but that left MSU out. MSU was only the Lone Star Conference champion outright. They were, they only lost one game in the league. They beat Angelo state, but because they lost two of their last five games against D two competition and both of them road games. And honestly, they're both ugly. They got left out right on the outside looking in, but see, Division Two does not have an automatic bid. 
for the conference champion. So it, the only way MSU, they have an earned access. Earned access. Let me explain earned access to you real quick, and then you give me your, your thoughts on why this is so bad. If your conference champ, if your conference champion and you're in the top eight, nine spots in the region, then you get bumped ahead if no other team from your conference is in the playoffs. That is earned access. Ridiculous. Literally ridiculous. How who came up with this cockamamie idea to say, oh yeah, you can win a conference championship, but because some people decided that another team is better, that they get to go in, even though, oh, there's a head-to-head and, oh, I don't know, um, just better play. Uh, and Angela State has more quality losses, I guess. These are the same te- These are the same people who are saying that statistics matter except for the one that does the freaking final score in a matchup between two teams. This is I just came up with this, but to me, the NCAA should change its name to the Nationally Corrupt Athletic Administration because this is ridiculous. <laughs> and it's it only happens in football. There's no other sport where any NCAA playoff bracket or postseason bracket is this, to steal Brian's word, cockamamie, because this is ludicrous. And if this happened in basketball, people would riot. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And so MSU is left out. So, okay, we should have automatic bids. Oh, but D3 has automatic bids. They have 32 playoff spots, 27 automatic bids. That leaves five, five, five at large bids for good teams. So Harden Simmons, I have a few problems here right now. Harden Simmons got left out. And they were ranked number eight. It, it also, let me go back to MSU real quick. MSU was receiving votes in the AFCA coaches poll. Now this week, they're not receiving votes all of a sudden, right? Harden Simmons was ranked eighth most all year in the D3 football poll. Now they're ranked 10th. Why? They did nothing but dominate everybody over the last half of their season. How do they fall in your rankings? Number one, number two, when the committee released the final regional rankings, Harden Simmons was skipped over by Randolph Macon. And so Harden Simmons never entered the conversation being a top 10 team for an at-large bid. They never got into that conversation on Sunday. How in the world is that possible? They're because nine and one. They're, and they're, they're, they're one. It's to the crew. Yes. Yeah. On the road. And they had a lead. They had a substantial lead in that game. And don't get me wrong, they blew it. And and truly, and truly, in incredible fashion. But they had a substantial lead on the road against the number two team in the country. But the committee is, if, what the committee is trying to tell everyone is it's not the 600-mile rule, which <coughs> lies. Um, and, uh, it's it's like they're like, well, you pay, you played an NAIA school in, in, in your non-conference game. Okay, yes, Wayland Baptist is legitimately bad this year. But they did, Harden Simmons did exactly what it needed to do against a bad team, kind of like what Cincinnati did against South Florida last week. And I feel like that's a pretty good parallel to draw. They dominated a bad football team like a good football team should do. You want to know a secret? 
Randolph Macon was moved ahead of Harden Simmons. And this is why that makes me so mad. Randolph Macon played two non D three teams, including like apprentice school, some like seriously, this school did nothing but get demolished by everybody. But Randolph Macon gets considered, even though they had no chance ahead of Harden. That makes no sense. I could, no. If you want to leave Harden Simmons out, I could, if you really want to make the argument that a, a win in the first game of the season over Wayland Baptist, maybe, but let's also explain why Harden Simmons is playing Wayland Baptist. They're playing them because there's only one other D three team outside of conference in Texas. That's Trinity. Trinity's probably not want to go play Harden Simmons in the first week of the season. They want their own at large bid chance as well, which is why other they scheduled D- McMurray. Yes, yes, exactly. Look, other D3 teams can't afford right now. Finances are hard for college teams. They can't afford to be coming in to Abilene to play. They can't afford even a home and home. Harden Simmons would do anything. There's nobody that wants to play Harden Simmons. You know why? Because they don't want to start with a big giant L in the first week. Right. And what doesn't make sense is. If you have a loss at the beginning of the season, oh, we can overlook it at the end of the season. But if you have a win, oh, we're gonna we're gonna point to that as a reason why we're gonna leave you out. And how do you how do you win sixty five to nothing in your final game and and go down? How, what what else are you supposed to do? What like literally what else do you want from them? This all comes down to the 600 mile rule and anybody who's going to say that it doesn't is lying to themselves. I saw D3 football.com trying to justify that nonsense the other day. And there's absolutely no reason that Harden Simmons shouldn't be on the bracket except for the NCAA doesn't want to foot the bill to send the Cowboys on the road somewhere or to send someone to Abilene, Texas. That is the only reason hard stop that this happened because it's absolutely ludicrous. The Cowboys gave up a total of 35 points in their last five games. That's it. This, this team was playing at a level. Uh, honestly, they were at an even level with Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, you know, in the FBS, the, the NCAA likes to use the, well, the eye test to pull Cincinnati down or the eye test to put Michigan above Michigan State, even oh. though Michigan State won, right? What about where is the eye test in Division Three? There's nothing about the eye test that says Harden Simmons could not beat 90% of your playoff teams. I just love that. Like it's one organization, right? The NCAA, but at every level, it's something different. They just don't want to communicate or make one, you know, same system. They want to do their own thing at each different level and, and have different rules or, or ideas on how they want to do things. It's just, it, not if it makes sense. These are entirely different committees that do the same BS. This is absolute crap. I mean, like, the, who are the who are the teams in the conference that were good this year? I would argue it was Bellhaven, Mary Harden, Baylor, Howard Payne, and Harden Simmons. And Harden Simmons went three and one in that stretch. The loss was to the number two team in the country in Belton. And again, I cannot overstate this: they had a lead, and UMHB had to walk it off. And like yeah. the bad teams in the conference, they did exactly what they should have done. They beat, they blanked Saul Ross on the road. They beat McMurray at home. It's a rivalry game. A win is a win. Southwestern, they won 69 to seven. Austin College, they won by 42 and they shut out TLU 65 nothing. 
This team did everything it needed to do to get in, but the committee was looking for somebody within 600 miles of another school. There is no other justifiable reason, and even that's not justifiable, that Harden-Simmons was left off the bracket. If you're going to do something like this, tell the dang truth on exactly why you did it. We did it so that we could bust somebody somewhere. Yeah. Well, the the other thing, too, and you hit on this, Curtis, and I don't even know if you – the real – we got to figure out who to blame. We always say NCAA. Look, that looks broad. That's – we think Mark Emmert when we think NCAA. Right. No, it's more local than that. These are your own athletic directors, your own coaches, your own people are on these committees for football and basketball and all that. So if especially in the lower colleges. So if you want to look for someone to blame, look in your own hometowns in a lot of times. Watch yeah. out. If you start naming names, though, you're going to get a uh, strongly worded email from the NCAA. I didn't oh, I, heard, any names. I heard about <laughs> I heard about how that happened. And I was so I was laughing my butt off when I heard how OSU originally responded. It was incredible. <laughs> we go ahead and tell what well, happened. Like, with that it's oh, I can't. It was someone off the record. Like the here's the thing. The Division three championships committee like there's a Harden Simmons rep on it. And well, there's know, an MSU you, rep on the D2 committee, too, by the way. OK, fair enough. But like, <laughs> and I understand that it, it's their AD, John Neese. And I understand that and it, this is across the board and it's the right thing to do. They have to recuse themselves and step out of the room when their school's being discussed. So this all happened behind his back. Like, you think what? he didn't like, know that, though? He knows he knew. Yeah, I think as he soon knew. as he left the room, he knew what was happening. Yeah. No, well, and it's the same with honestly, look, MSU, their representative, Harden Simmons, their representative, they were both ADs. And you want to know something? They're both good guys and they're both nice guys. And they both believe in doing things the right way. But that kid, that's what gets you screwed in these playoff committees because there's a lot of coaches from a lot of these teams, and I talk to them in football and I talk to them in basketball that could tell you they already know if their team's in and out and they have that. They're not supposed to use the pool, but if you think they don't, you're crazy. Guys like MSU, places like MSU and Harden-Simmons, they don't want to use that pool because they want to follow the rules. Following the rules gets you messed up in the it NCAA system. It gets you screwed. There's no other way around it. All for also that they could save a couple hundred bucks and put a team on buses instead of having to pay for a flight. And speaking of flights and speaking of, of travel in D D three is so bad, but D two is also bad about that travel rule. They, they don't really have a 600 mile rule, but they decided to inexplicable. They made no explanation. It wasn't even done at the regional committee. This was actually at the NCAA level. They took central Washington and they're flying them into Northwest Missouri state. And they're taking the team, um, Nebraska Kearney, and they're having them go to Western Colorado. That makes no sense. Uh, they're not in the same region. The NCAA made this, and they give no explanation as to why Central Washington is traveling all the way into Northwest Missouri State this week. What's well, the lack of accountability? I think you see it at a lot of levels with the NCAA. They they can they just do what they want. They don't really answer to anyone. People get outraged, and they just kind of move on and and ignore people's criticisms and yep. do it all over again. 
It's it's ridiculous. And honestly, Corey, they so I I I thought for a second I was like, oh, Carney seems actually relatively close to Western Colorado, 553 miles. So that's a bus trip. So that's why they're sending Carney across regional lines is to again bus a team somewhere. So that, that just proves your point further. Um, yeah. Look, this is like 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 Brian said, the NCAA is judge, jury, and executioner, and it answers to nobody. And it, the people it answers to are the university presidents, the university athletic directors, and the boards of regents. The problem is they want this crap. The fan, the yeah. fans getting the fans getting mad. Us talking and venting about this at the end of the day, and the ads will say the right things publicly, but when these doors get closed and these meetings get started. It's what happens in there that decides all of this crap. And, and they want this. Why? Because this drives the conversation. You drive the conversation, you bring in more money, you keep interest in the sport. If they said Harden Simmons was in, who would have been, who would have had a conversation this year, a, a legitimate argument? They had to do something. And this year it was Harden Simmons getting left out. Look, I, I didn't think MSU was going to get in if all the teams ahead of them won. That played out. I have no problem with that. Even though I know an 18 MSU got royally screwed this year, Harden Simmons is on that the same level with the 2018 MSU. And I, I, you know, it's tough, but anyway, let's move on into something that, um, Brian, we're, we're not quite mediocre at now. Hey. Granted, granted, man, it, we've only been doing this for two weeks of the football season, which is on brand for the mediocrity of this podcast. I am I'm shocked at us, honestly. I, I don't know how we we got seven and two in two weeks, but uh, if you if you just leave out the two weeks and say, hey, we're seven and two <laughs> in the past two weeks, that's great numbers. Yeah, if you leave out the fact that we haven't done this all football season, it exactly. sounds really good. Yeah. So <laughs> last week, game of the week, UTPB MSU, and by the way, that was a fun game. It was it the Players kept their emotions in control. They played hard. It was physical. That was a good one. MSU came out on top. Uh, UIW went on the road to Nichols. They faced a lot of adversity. They pulled that out. Congratulations to the Cardinals. They sew up, by the way, the Echo. Southland bid with a win against Houston Baptist this week, which is nearly set in stone. It's huge for UIW. Uh, I mean, I rode the hot hand and I trusted the cards last week and uh, they, they pulled it off for me. Yeah, I didn't. I had nickels. So Brian got that one, but Prairie View at Alcorn, Alcorn, man, as close <laughs> as that game could be. The computer said it was like 0.1 points away from it. Really, it played out to one point and I had Alcorn and Brian had Prairie View. And uh, I, thankfully we came out split on that one for me. Yeah. I, uh, you, your kind of trend last week was going with the home team. And I think in that one, it kind of paid off a little bit. I think that two point differential was kind of the, the difference from home and away. And, and so you got that one. Yeah. And then Sam Houston rolled the, the Bearcats. Guys, they, they are a machine. They are the, what they do to teams is they come out, they take your will to live away by the end of the first half. Then they put in their reserves in the second half. And you think you can kind of st- breathe a little life into your offense and their reserves are still better than your starters. It's incredible. Just the tank engine that they are. I mean, they just keep on rolling new conference. Same stuff from Sam, man. 
yeah. Now, how will they go when they when they move up to FBS? It's going to be rough for a little while. They, it was rough for them for a little while when they moved up to FCS. But, you know, you give it time, they'll eventually get there. They do have a commitment to their football program. Uh, my question, this is one we could definitely talk about offseason, would be whether they can keep their coach because I'm not sure. Casey Keeler was very much against the move up to Conference USA, and I'm not sure he will stick around. That's a big one. And then recruiting, it'll take time. Uh, and so if they can draw people to Huntsville, that'll be the big question on if they can compete in three, four years. And one thing to keep in mind on that, too, is like they have to put money elsewhere. They have to hire more staff in the infrastructure, the athletic department. So they're going to try and take in an influx of money, but it's not all going to go to football at first going up to CUSA. No, it's going to take a long time. And the entry fee to get in there, there's still questions whether they could get that. It was $2 million entry fee into CUSA. Uh, and let's face it, when you're competing against a lot of FBS programs, what are you showing them in Huntsville? Really? I mean, you, I know the state. How many prisons are in Huntsville? How do you hide that? <laughs> one really big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you hide all the prisons in Huntsville? I don't think you do. Just show them the big statue and uh, and then say ignore the rest. Of it. That statue's so creepy, man. No, <laughs> that statue creeps me out every time I drive past it. Daylight it comes out of nowhere. Our, yeah, it's like you're coming on the interstate and you see this like bright light <laughs> in the middle and like and it's like what is that? Then you get there and you're like, I had nightmares oh. that night driving from Houston <laughs> Arlington, man. <laughs> Well, <laughs> luckily, there's some trees in that town. Hide it behind one of them. What's your recruiting pitch? Come to Huntsville. Our crime is low. <laughs> A lot of criminals, but our crime's low. Yeah. Come to Huntsville. We'll show you how to never come back. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> I hope the Bearcats fans, if you're listed, um, you understand that. Well, we're right. So that's Brian and I can't is. talk much crap because we went to Oklahoma State. Stillwater ain't much better. There's just not a prison in Stillwater. I live yep. in Wichita Falls, Texas, guys. I don't have <laughs> any way to disparage any other city ever, <laughs> ever. So let's get to this week's games, how we do this. Uh, for Curtis is going to pick with us this week, which is awesome. Uh, well, he can make a selection if he would like to. I have a feeling, knowing Curtis, he knows enough about these teams. He will. For sure. Normally I go through, I give my reasoning, I make a pick, then we'll go to Brian and then we'll let Curtis tell us why we're both wrong and why he is going to beat the crap out of us in the picks this week. Starting with the game of the week, it is the D3 playoff game. Number 16, Trinity, conference champ at number two, Mary Harden Baylor, conference champ. And by the way, the team that Trinity beat for the conference champ is hosting a non-conference champion, uh, Birmingham Southern. I just saying that 600 rule again, it is stupid. Uh, but when I look at this game, guys, for Trinity, Tucker Horn, the quarterback from Graham, 70.9% completion this year, 33 touchdowns, one interception, one. In fact, the Tigers take care of the football. They've only had four turnovers all season long. We look at defense. Both defenses are, are really stout. They're both averaging just over two yards per rush attempt allowed that that's just incredible the crew is averaging nearly six yards per carry when they run the ball the computer says mary harden baylor has a 70.3 percent win probability however the crew are five and four all time or trinity or yeah the crew are five and no. four all time against trinity five and four 
The last meeting between these two programs was 2013. But here's the kicker. The last win for the Tigers in this series was 2002. Give me UMHB. It will be a close game, possibly a one-score game, but give me the crew. Yeah, we've talked about how great Trinity has been this season, and they've looked so impressive and, and pulled off some big wins. It's hard to go against UMHB, though. I think the one thing that Trinity can do to really to make a game of this and, and have a chance is what Harden Simmons did force fumbles, force turnovers. Harden Simmons or uh, uh, UMHB was down, and we talked about that game against Harden Simmons at half because they turned the ball over in the second quarter, which both return, uh, resulted in touchdowns for Harden Simmons. So if Trinity can do it, if they can force turnovers, that's your best chance. The fun stat, I think, Trinity, they're going to go for it on fourth down. Three and three on fourth down against Birmingham Southern in the one-point win. Against center, they went three of four on fourth down. They went for it six times on fourth down against Barry. They're going to go for it on fourth down, and if they can use those as kind of momentum plays, maybe get some short yardage, fourth and two, convert that, keep the drive going, that could be a game changer for them. But I'm going to have to go with the crew. Guys, what were you doing September 5th, 1998? Uh, I was I was two. I was probably getting really drunk while being underage. Slightly. I support it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 pro drinking. Um, Listen, uh, I was three, so I don't really know what I was doing either. I was probably in Germany, st- or, uh, either in Germany or Ohio still. My dad was uh, probably just getting out of the army. Um. Guys, that was the first game in UMHB football history. They went to San Antonio, and they got beat by Trinity. This is a full circle moment. I don't know when the last time they played Trinity in the playoffs was. It might be 2004, because I know that they opened their playoff run that year in San Antonio against the Tigers. This is a full circle moment. This is a chance for UMHB to kind of make some history. This is the first time I think that they played since uh, or in the playoffs since they opened the new stadium. And uh, when's the last time UMHB lost a, uh, a first round game? Because I'm still scrolling year by year and I'm, I've made it to 2007 and I haven't found it yet. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, look, UMHB wins this game. I understand this might be the toughest game until what the semifinals because this is a top 20 matchup. This is number 16 at number two Um, and committee. I'm looking at you. This is ridiculous. Trinity should have hosted. They have the resume to do it. Okay. Moving on from that. Look, UMHB wins this game. I'm not saying that it's a blowout, but I'm, I think it's, I think there's a comfortable margin in there. Trinity is had, they have had a great season, a great season. And the, the two things, two reasons why I say this could be a one score game is number one, the Tigers defense. It is for real. They have played some potent offenses this year. That defense is pretty good. Is it on the level of Mary Harden Baylor? I don't think it is quite, but when you could stop the run, that gives you a lot of good things for a defense. And the other one is they don't, they, they take care of the football and UMHB at times has not. I think there could be a couple of turnovers to help keep it close. It should be a good one for sure. Great first round matchup. Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to be there. Uh, I will be uh, cutting video and, and tweeting at, about it while uh, from the stadium watching this one. I am really looking forward to that at noon on Saturday. Beautiful stadium too. Great press box spread. Oh, good. Look, 
when it comes to spreads, they're at the top of the small college ranks. When it comes to stadium, they're in the top three. I think I think it's I think we're talking. It's, I think it's Miller's that caters that press box spread, man. I oh, wow. Look, have... Brian decided to come to Belton now. <laughs> I love Miller's. You speak of my language. Yeah. So now well, I will see Brian trying to get in to the press box. I will be waiting in the parking lot when you arrive. I expect you to have a credential for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, let me just also say one thing. At UMHB, that sports communication staff is has always been one of the best. John Wallen did such a fantastic job there. And now Sarah Harborth has taken over, and she is really good. She is pushing it up, continuing their excellent communications. And they're one of the few, okay, they are the only D2 or D3 school that has online credential requests. That's an impressive step to me when, you, when you're talking about the digital age. A communication staff that does that, that's a next level staff. Yes, this is a this staff is so easy to work with. I was asking uh, when John Walleen was um, and they, they have a part of their website that actually makes it easy for us for us plebe reporters to be able to find feature stories with these with these kids. And uh, the coaches are incredibly friendly. Um, they're re- very, very good. And the communication staff, they make it so easy to go cover them. Uh, you walk in for a basketball game and they're sending people, they're sending interns over with all of the rosters and game notes and whatever you could possibly, possibly ever need to cover that basketball game. Uh, they're sending interns over with it. They're very good on social media so that you can get your final score when you're shooting highlights. This this is a very good sports information staff, and I would venture to say that this is a better sports information staff than some Division One programs. Guys, now yes. we're going to have to talk about every school and their great sports information staffs and everything. <laughs> okay, look, I, let me tell you, there's a few schools. Here are the schools that I've been to. I haven't been to all of them, but here are the ones that I've been to that when I leave, I leave with a ton of paperwork, any stat I need and media guides and everything else. One of those is, is Mary Harden Baylor. Another one is Midwestern state. Trey Reed does a great job of getting you all the information you need. Josh Mank at commerce. You will have anything and it's very well done. He does a great job with it. And then Tarleton Tarleton is probably the top tier when they are a division one level communication staff. They know how to do it. They do it right. There's a lot of great staffs. I've not been to Sam Houston because they don't have a press box big enough for visiting media. Uh, I've been, I've been a few places. There's some I have not been, but of the ones I've been to, those are the ones that stand out to me. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that one. we'll move on to the next game. Next game this week. Uh, number 23, Minnesota Duluth in the D2 playoffs are coming to San Angelo to face Angelo state. These two teams have never met. UMD is known for hockey, but this is not hockey, guys. This is football. They're, they're not going to be getting on ESPN this year, I don't think, because to get on ESPN, let's face it, D2 doesn't even get that anymore. They moved it to ESPNU. So UMD was ranked number seven in region, Angelo number two, despite the Bulldogs having the national number 23 ranking in the AFCA poll. The computer gives Angelo a 71.2% win probability, Bulldogs have won three in a row. Angelo has won five in a row, and they have dominated, dominated teams. And here's a here's where I think this game gets won. 
The Rams have only allowed a touchdown on 39% of their red zone opportunities from the opposing team. And Minnesota Duluth has only allowed 15 total red zone chances all year long. These defenses are for real. They are for real. However, Angelo's averaging 5.3 yards per carry and only giving up 2.0 yards per rush attempt. They are the team on fire. Give me the Rams and give me another game in San Angelo next week. Yeah, I think the fact that Minnesota Duluth has to travel down to San Angelo is a big part of this. Both teams have gotten better as the season has gone on for sure. Duluth scoring more as the season has progressed. You said at Angelo State, their losses came early in the season on a, a five-game win streak now. Both teams, four and two, against teams over 500. I think it's going to be a close one. You said your computer is a 71% chance. I think it's going to be maybe a, a one-possession game or something that comes down to the end. I, I'm leaning at Angelo State, though. I think having the home field, having Duluth having to travel this much, um, and Angelo State's just playing lights out as of recent. I'm going to go with uh, the team from St. Angelo. Look, like Brian said, travel's a huge part of small college athletics because you look at Duluth's football schedule, and they've played in far northern Iowa, Duluth, Minnesota, Winona, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, Moorhead, Minnesota, Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, Minot, North, uh, Minnesota, or North Dakota, rather. Um, look, Travel's a big part of it. Defense travels, though. This is a low score. This is going to be a low scoring game. You got to go with the home team. SP Plus, by the way, has Angelo State favored by six. So I'm, t- I'm, I'm going I'm going with the with the goat Bill Connolly. I'm taking the Rams. Well, I look, I always Bill Connolly is one of my guys I look up to on this. My computer here has Angelo as uh, nearly an eight point winner in this game so we're we're right about the same area as to how we see this game i we both see the rams kind of cruising into the second round for sure should be a good one oh it will be hey here's a sneaky good one this week guys texas southern at alabama state we're bringing our first swaction uh, well second swaction because we had it i thought week. you said this was a good one oh, it is. <laughs> it's a good one to pick and i'll tell you a, why this is a sicko special Corey. This is what I live for. I love games like this. This is right up by who are you going to pick in a game? Uh, Bama State has lost four straight games and a coach. That is what they have lost in the last four weeks. They are now under an interim coach. Texas Southern has lost two in a row. But since they beat North American University in October, this team has actually been really, really good. Bama State has a great defense. That defense is outstanding, but the offense allow is only getting three point three yards per rush, six point one yards per pass, and two hundred eighty four yards per game. But history that's plays very, that's a role. That's very very bad. If you're wondering, yes, that is bad. <laughs> that is bad. But history always plays a role in my picks. Bama State is ten and four against Texas Southern and has won eight of the last nine in the series. Bama State has a 55.8% win probability from the computer. The Tigers' last win in the series was in Montgomery, where this game is on the road. It's in Montgomery, and Texas Southern is 3-3 all-time at Alabama State. Bama State can't move the ball. Give me the Tigers to give Coach Clarence McKinney his fourth win in his last eight games. 
Wow. We're picking two and five versus two and five teams. Neither team has won on the road this season. Ah, this is not a fun game. Alabama State undefeated at home this year. I, I realize they're going through a lot, but I'm going to lean the Hornets of Bama State on this one. I'm very serious when I say that this is a sicko special because Alabama State has lost to the two teams in last place in the SWAC East. <laughs> Those are two very bad football teams in Mississippi Valley State. Jerry Rice's alma mater and, and Bethune-Cookman. But then Texas Southern, guys, I don't know that I can go and pick them in good faith. I watched this team, man. I, I've, I covered this team in person, in the flesh, September 11th, 2021. Oh, I don't know what to do. I, I, uh, <laughs> I love uh, these picks. I love this one. Um, look, I'm, ta- I'm going with Brian. I'm taking Bama State. This Undefeated at home this year, which also, how the heck do you only schedule three home games to this point <laughs> in the season? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, look, Bama State undefeated at home and Texas State. My, my advice is stay the heck away from this football game and do not turn it on. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of staying away from football games, um, <laughs> if anyone is listening, do not message me, especially on a Friday night when I'm most likely at a high school football game trying to keep stats. Uh, just a public service announcement. Don't message me in the inbox and ask me what I think a point spread should be against an FCS school and an NAIA school. It's not going to work out well. Got it. I'll make sure I text you that exact question. That happened, Curtis. (laughs) That actually happened to me. Oh, I believe it. That's a very specific (laughs) PSA to make. Um, Another note real quick. SP Plus has Bama State favored by 9.7 points at home against Texas Southern. Again, if if there's a if there is a ever have been a game that was a sicko special, it's this one. Nine, that's a lot. That's a big spread. Mine has Alabama State by two points. Those are very different lines. Those are. Those <laughs> are. And usually when that happens, I'm in the wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, let's go to our final game of the week. Central Arkansas at Tarleton. You want another one that uh, this isn't quite a sicko special, but this is right. They're mediocre, kind of like the podcast this year. Tarleton, it's explainable. Tarleton is a, a, is on the second year of a transition. Central Arkansas, it is not explainable why they are mediocre. These two schools have never met. Central Arkansas lost to Stephen F. Austin last week, so as a lot of people. But then they had a nice win over Texas Wesleyan two weeks prior. So, I mean, there's something in that, right, Being beating the NAI school. Not if Tarleton. you ask the committee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tarleton had six turnovers last week in a 29 to three loss to ACU. Might be the worst game the Texans have played in years. The computer says Central Arkansas has a 51.3% win probability. When you look at statistics, they are just about even across the board. The Bears have a slight edge on offense, Texans a slight edge on defense. But when UCA gets in the red zone, they score touchdowns. They're 36 of 43, 84% touchdown percentage this year. Give me the Bears and by the slimmest of margins. Yeah, Central beat Abilene Christian 42-21. Abilene Christian beat Tarleton 29-3. So transitive property means that Central already beat Tarleton, right? You got to play it on the field, though. So that's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think you have to go Central Arkansas. 
I love the, that Brian's going full transitive win probability here. Look, he does I'm that a, every week. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a com, I'm a competitor, and we all pick my we all pick Mama Q's alma mater in uh, in Angelo State. We all pick UMHB. I got to go different here because I'm out to beat both of you. I'm going with the Texans at home, looking to end their season on a good note. Give me Tarleton. Hey, all I know is Bama wants us. We need Bama. <laughs> let, let me let me interrupt your little cowboy Okie State love affair you have going on over here. And uh, let, let me just go ahead and say, Curtis, I just want you to know that somehow Brian is going to expect him to go 4 0 this week and us to go 0 4. Despite what everything shows, that's how he thinks this is going to work. Despite that we all picked the exact same on two games. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He even messaged me that what the first week is like, hey, you're going to, you're only going to, you're going to go 0 and 5. I'm going to 5 it up. We picked the same games three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called mediocre at best for a reason. Um, I was in journalism school. Uh, I don't know math. Speaking I was told of that, there would be no math. Speaking of that, I, I should make an announcement here. Uh, this will be the last podcast where I actually mention the episode number because I always forget to turn the number so often in the media mediocrity scale of podcasts. So now this will just be known as podcast episode. And uh, if you want to know the number, you can count for yourself on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, we're not as uh, not as good as Curtis coming up with a new statistic based off of a number each episode. Look, man, I look, I have not deleted a single episode of my podcast off of my laptop. So I literally, as I'm rolling the open, go, crap, what episode number is this? And I go to the finder on my MacBook and scroll down. And then I already have basketball reference pulled up for the Spurs page because go Spurs go. And uh, I just find a stat that way tomorrow or tomorrow I will publish episode number 100. So milestone for uh, for us. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is. That is really cool. Hey, Curtis, real quick here, uh, take a couple minutes. Tell us where we could find all your work and, and your podcast. So I am I anchor weeknights on uh, sports at six and ten on uh, six news. You can find all of our stuff at KCENTV.com or the six news mobile app. Um, I'll, I'm on Twitter at Curtis Quillen. That's uh, Curtis with a K and then Quillen is phonetic Q-U-I-L-L-I-N. You'd be amazed how many people still manage to mess that up. Um, and then uh, I'm, I host the Kurtz Corner podcast, Kurtz Corner Life in Big 12 Country, being a Big 12 alum covering a Big 12 school. I am fascinated by all things Big 12 because to me, there's not another conference in the country with as much diversity and play style in every single sport as the Big 12 conference. And I absolutely love it. Uh, publish, that, publish that about twice a week during the school year, once during uh, the off season, uh, we try, I try to publish Mondays and Thursdays, but you know, sometimes life happens. Um, I'm actually, re I'm going to lunch tomorrow to ask a gentleman to ask a friend of mine to be a, uh, groomsman for me. So I am recording my next episode as soon as we're done with this and pub and scheduling it for tomorrow. Um, you can find that anywhere you listen to good podcasts, um, because I tricked them into thinking mine was good. Um, and that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, your smart speaker. As I say on the show, wherever you find your podcast, subscribe, get our episodes delivered right to your feed. Also, um, every time we publish one, you can find it on my Twitter at Curtis Quillen. I'm on it's same, same name on Instagram and uh, Facebook.com slash Curtis Quillen TV. And, and when you subscribe, rate these podcasts, that's that helps get the podcast more more sight, more visuals yes. from the people searching. The more you rate it, 
the more the podcast gets up there. Look, we appreciate you. I look at the numbers of how many people listen, and uh, it always surprises me if it's more than one. Uh, but <laughs> we have had a very good listening base, and, and I'm really thankful, and, and I want to thank the listeners so much. Without you, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We'd just be having a phone conversation. Um, Curtis? Right, and, and it's the same for me. I really appreciate everybody who downloads. If you like the Big 12, if you like uh, me scolding the NCAA, knowing that they're not <laughs> listening to it, um, please, please give it a download. And if you do subscribe, uh, we just crossed the 1,000 download threshold on on mine it's a brand new podcast much newer than Corey's. like i i i appreciate it just as much as Corey does and i know that uh it y'all don't see it but there is a lot of planning that goes into these things behind the scenes and it's a labor of love and honestly we wouldn't talk about these things in such a public forum if y'all didn't listen so thank you also if you like uh if you like someone live tilting on uh spread picks curtis is great for that because then the next week you can hear him Rue himself for talking him out of a pick. <laughs> uh, that's true. I do that every week. I wonder which game it'll be this week. <laughs> Curtis, I, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I told Brian I had a huge guest lined up this week, and I really didn't at the time, but I, I kind of had a feeling that uh, you would say yes because, uh, well, you're that good a guy, and uh, and you're one of our friends, and we really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you making me sound like a much better human being than I am. I really, I appreciate you guys. It's always a blast, and uh, we'll hopefully we will cross paths soon. Definitely, Brian. Thank you, sir. You got anything we should be looking out for this week? Uh, now I got some stuff on the back burner. Um, Wayne to to get some final words on some things, but uh, you know we're working. Doing, awesome. doing stuff here and there. Awesome. Stay tuned. Keep it tuned here. You will find out. Uh, guys, this was so much fun. Brian, how about um, we get a couple of playoff wins and we continue this podcast again next week? Yeah, sounds good. Episode number, who cares? <laughs> Episode number, we're not counting. That's what it's called. Remember, you can't, your, <laughs> you can't make us do that. I can't count anyway. I'll run out of toast. Remember, <laughs> let your legacy be him. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week.